There's a new podcast app that delivers chilling true crime stories straight to your mobile device. Every day they release a new episode that investigate the gruesome true acts of America's worst serial killers. And you can explore into the minds of psychopaths and murderers. To get started, find and download Murder Minute from the App Store or visit MurderMinute.com. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-M-I-N-U-T-E.com to get your daily dose of true crime creepiness delivered straight to your mobile device. It's a good show. Hey everybody, it's me, Steve. Welcome back to another listener email episode of I'm No Doctor. Just kidding, we're no doctors. Although it feels like I'm no doctor. I mean, I am no doctor. Busy is also not a doctor, but Busy is also busy ramping up for her talk show, which now has a release date. Uh, it's sometime the end of October. I forget the actual date. Um, so I'm, I'm still sniffling. <laughs> In fact, I think I might just be sick. Um, I just realized, I think yesterday that I now have a week and a half off. Um, hold on. Yeah, I um, I have a week and a half off. Uh, you know, I've been working straight through the summer on multiple shows, which has been exhausting. It's been awesome. It's been fun. I'm lucky to be working on the shows I'm working on. Sorry. Ugh. But, um, and this happens a lot, I've noticed, and it's ha- it happens to a lot of people I know as well. I'll be super busy and um, exhausted and just going nonstop. And somehow I can just do it and everything's fine. And then when everything comes to an end, that's when I get sick. So uh, I just wrapped an episode of uh, the Mini Driver Show Speechless uh, yesterday. And... uh, went to look at my schedule and I was like, Oh my God, I have like a week and a half of nothing to do. And almost immediately (laughs) just started sneezing and coughing. And although part of me feels like it's allergies, I still, I, I, and I do this all the time. Even when I'm sick, I try and convince myself it's just allergies so I can keep doing stuff. But I really do think this is allergies because I don't feel sick. I sound sick. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, and it's weird though. I'm not stuffy all the time, or my nose isn't running, but I'll get the sniffles. <laughs> and I've also, for the past like two days, been having insane sneezing fits. Like just, I'll feel one coming on and then just a really hard sneeze followed by like 10 more really hard sneezes that almost (laughs) like sneezing so hard that it's like, I feel like it's pulling muscles in my back. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, so I don't know. But other than like the sneezing and um, I, I feel like it's allergies because I don't feel sick. I don't have a fever. I don't feel, I really don't feel that tired. Um, other than the tiredness I feel from like having to get up at 4.45 in the morning to go to work. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see how things develop this week this week off that I have, I'm going to try and get some more guests in and bank some episodes. I had some really good, uh, guest suggestions. You guys wrote in some great jest suggestion. You guys wrote in some great guest suggestions and, um, and some of which are actually doable for me. Um, people that I actually know. So, uh, we'll see. Hopefully I can get some people in here and have some, uh, episodes with actual guests and not rely on uh, listener emails, which by the way, are saving my ass for this podcast while busy's gone. Um, I definitely don't think I could talk for an hour by myself. And I've said it almost every single episode where I do emails. I've said that, you know, I always say it's going to be a quick one and then it ends up being a full hour, but that's because of your emails. So keep them coming. Um, uh, it really, it really, your, your emails are making this possible. And since last week's episode, um, I've gotten a ton of emails. Uh, so if you resent an email or sent an email, I will get to it. Don't worry. Um, but it might take a while now. <laughs> uh, so hang in there, keep them coming. Um, because they, they, oh my God, they're lifesavers for me who obviously has trouble talking. <laughs> me who has trouble talking. That's a good sentence, right? <laughs> uh, me who has trouble talking. Ugh. I'm surprised. I have a college degree. <laughs> And I have the worst grammar. Uh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm a monster. Anyway, so health-wise, yeah, that's where I am. I've been busy. I've been working. I, it's just a sniffle stuff. Also, I feel like, and I, I think I always forget about this, but I feel like end of summer, early fall for me, is actually the worst time allergy wise something about the air quality and the plants and everything. Um, I feel like this is always my worst time of year. And then I forget about it until it rolls around. So I may just be in the throes of my bad allergy season. You know what I mean? Um, because it is just dry. I'm in I'm in Los Angeles, obviously, but it's just dry, and there's plants and dust, and there's also, by the way, most of the West Coast is on fire. So there's a lot of shit in the air. There's a lot of um, smoke, and I'm sure you know when these trees and stuff burn. That's also burning up the pollens and sending them out into the air. I don't know how that works. That sounds right. 
Uh, but I was just text messaging with my friend Gene. Gene might be a good person to get on this podcast. Gene is a, a drummer. He's played with Queens of Stone Age and uh, some other really awesome bands. He's in a great band called Sumo Princess right now. But I noticed on his <clears throat> Instagram for the past week, Gene's been in uh, this island up in uh, off the coast of like Bellingham and Seattle, Washington. It looks just beautiful. And I was like, I should go there. Anytime I see beautiful photos of a place, I'm like, I should go there. And uh, I was texting with him last night, and he said, "He's." I saw a photo. It was a beautiful island, and it looked really hazy. I thought it was fog, but it was actually um, smoke. Like, uh, the mountains up there in Washington are also on fire. So, it's just everywhere. The whole West Coast is on fire. And uh, that... I don't know if it's making my allergies worse, but it is definitely not helping. <laughs> so that could be it. I don't know. Um, I feel okay. Otherwise, I've been doing yoga with uh, with Alexis, and um, that's really been helping. It's been helping my back phenomenally, phenomenon, phenomenally, phenomenally. Oh my god. I shouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> I I honestly I do have a great voice for podcasting. I have a good radio I have a good audio voice. Holy shit, that's the worst sentence ever. <laughs> Every voice is an audio voice. <laughs> I have a good audio voice. That's might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But I think you know what I'm talking about. I have a good voice for the audio arts. <laughs> I have a good... The joke is I have a great face for radio. Um, meaning my voice is probably my better feature. I like my voice. I don't even... I'm off on a tangent again. I don't know where I was going with this. Um, where the fuck was I going with my voice <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ uh, fires <laughs> let's see let me see if I can trace this back <clears throat> fires um, yeah I don't know I, I've uh, did yoga um, with Alexis, so I'm feeling good. My voice is good. I don't know what I'm talking about. Holy shit. I need to just constantly write notes. I should have somebody sitting in the room when I'm doing the podcast that can just redirect me back to where I was going. That's why it's great to have busy here because I can usually remember. Um, Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Yeah, health-wise, everything seems to be okay. Phys at least uh, physically, muscles are doing all right. <laughs> my back is my back has been good. Um, it's just the allergies. What the fuck is up with my... Also, granted, I haven't taken anything. We've all established on this podcast that I hate taking pills... I've got Claritin in my medicine cabinet. I have Zyrtec. In my... 
One of these days, I'm going to take a photo of my medicine cabinet. And you guys are going to be like, holy shit. I'm convinced that's why my last girlfriend broke up with me. It was a long-distance relationship. And I think when she first came to California to stay with me, saw my medicine cabinet, she's like, I'm in. Uh, I'm involved with a psychopath. <laughs> That's not why, but uh, I have the medicines that I should be taking. <laughs> I just, I hate taking pills, even though I take Zyrtec or Claritin when I do. And Guess what? They help my allergies. <laughs> it's not like I take them and I get sick. It's just always my biggest worry is taking a pill and feeling nauseous. And that dates back to, I think, a time when I tried taking vitamins for a while. I still do take them now, but I take them with food. I learned that lesson, but I don't know if you've ever taken vitamins on an empty stomach. Certain vitamins, oh boy, talk about nauseous. And, you know, I have a fear of throwing up. It's like my biggest fear. And so... I do this weird math where I'm like, oh, I could take a vitamin, feel nauseous, throw up. Therefore, I will not take a vitamin. And that's how I am with most pills. It usually revolves around my goddamn fear of throwing up. <sighs> uh, yeah, so... and I've, But also, I've taken Claritin and Zyrtec and all those you know, Benadryl on empty stomachs and they don't make me nauseous. It's also just a chore walking to the bathroom and opening a bottle. <laughs> oh, uh, I might be the laziest person in the world. Steve, um, just go in the bathroom, get some aspirin. Ah, yeah, that that's like 10 feet away and I have to ex exude force to, uh, open the bottle and uh that sounds exhausting <laughs> brian there's a one of my favorite comedians he might be my favorite comedians he's top five easily his name's brian regan uh check out his albums they're amazing especially his first one i think it's just called brian regan live he has a bit where he talks about the <laughs> the <laughs> the companies that sell peanut butter and jelly and it's in like squeeze tubes or not even that there's one now where there's peanut butter and jelly in a, in the same jar together. It's just like, yeah, I'm not going to be opening all kinds of jars left and right. It's just about the laziest dude. And then throwing croutons into the jar and just eating it with your fingers. So you don't have to wash a knife later throwing croutons in instead of having having to spread it on bread oh god he's so funny highly i cannot recommend brian regan enough so anyway yeah that was a tangent but my medicine cabinet i have everything i need that's the other crazy thing i have everything i need <laughs> if i am getting sick i should just go in there but you know sometimes you can't Sometimes you really can't just avoid it. Sometimes you just get a sickness, and no matter how much you fight it, I've had that, and usually it's from kids. 
Like some of my worst sicknesses have come from going over to a friend's house who has kids. And I'm not talking about Dave Dasmalchin, who's done this podcast a couple of times. Um, I have a friend, Tom, who's got a couple of kids. And I, I remember the, one of the worst flus I've had in the past 10 years. I usually just don't get the flu. Even if I, you know, I take, I get the flu uh, shot. But one year I didn't. And I went over to Tom's house for Christmas Eve. He had a bunch of people over. Tom's a really great cook. He made a bunch of pasta. I know it was lasagna. And I went to his house because uh, him and his family are terrific. And it was, you know, I was still in L.A. And um, I was going to go to my parents' house the next day. So I had the night free and I went and it was wonderful. Got so goddamn sick. So goddamn sick. And I'm sure it's because his kids picked something up at school and... I touched something, old germaphobe Steve, I touched something, and then boom, had the flu. That's why, by the way, oh, I got to add this, I went to, I went to CVS like uh, three or four days ago to pick up my antidepressant, as we all know, I'm on antidepressants, saved my life. I went and um, the woman, uh, the pharmacist was like, oh, uh, anything else you need? I go, no, just the uh, just the medicine. And she goes, uh, any interest in getting a flu shot? <laughs> and you can all imagine the gears in my head that started going off as soon as this woman said flu shot. A, just immediately it was like, well, it's that time of year again. Is it really time for me to start worrying about the flu? Um, there's already a flu shot. I haven't gone to the flu, the CDC flu website. <laughs> it's not actually the name of it, but now I'm going to do it while I'm here on the phone with you. CDC influenza summary map. There we go. And no, it's not. I'm not on. I don't have it on bookmarked. It just remembered it. Oh, okay. It hasn't updated. In fact, the last time I posted uh, a photo on Instagram of the flu map, there were still a couple uh, states that had local activity, nothing major. <clears throat> And I was like, oh, some of these states are still holding on. I didn't realize in the top it was the flu map ending in May 19th. Um, so it hasn't been updated since May. It still hasn't. So that's good. I, I, I feel good that the flu map is not active already. But, yeah, when this woman was like, yeah, any interest in getting the flu shot? I was like. God damn it, lady. Now I'm going to be obsessively checking the flu map every week. Also, why didn't I just say, yeah, give me a flu shot now? <laughs> For some reason, I, I'll tell you why. I like to wait a little while to see if there's a problem. <laughs> like I want to wait a couple months just in case I turn on the news one day and they're like, 
Bad news for people who got the flu shot this year. Turns out there was arsenic in it. <laughs> Everyone's dying. That that honestly is why I wait. <laughs> not obviously not. I'm not afraid there's going to be arsenic in the flu shot, but you know something weird's going to happen, and there'll be some weird reactions. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll wait. So I will be getting the flu shot. Last year, I waited till like January to do it or December or January. I waited way too long. Um, I didn't get the flu, though, but I should be getting it in like September or October. So stay tuned, guys, for my flu updates. I'll do a flu update on each one of these podcasts. It'll probably just be 10 seconds of me going, flu's not happening yet on the flu map. Um, what else? Uh, I had some things I did. I think I had some things I wanted to talk about. My bidet is still great. <laughs> Christmas is coming up in a few months. This is not an ad. But think about getting the person you love a, a bidet toilet seat. Changed my life. I've had mine almost a year now. And it's, if I'm out on the road, if I'm, working out of town or visiting friends out of town, I um, truly notice, uh, well, I I really miss my bidet when I'm gone, having to use just toilet paper. Ugh, gross. I mean, you still use it, and then you squirt your butt with water, and it's awesome. It really is awesome, and it's, I've had it almost a year, and I still laugh when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like shooting a garden hose up your up your butt, not up your butt on your butt. <laughs> it's not, although it is. There is a powerful setting. There is one setting that's called turbo, and if you're too relaxed, you, you can get some water way up there. It, it's shocking. It really is shocking. Like as soon as I click the button to turn it on, I my butt tighten. <laughs> I'll get a little graphic here, but my butthole puckers up so tight because I don't want that feeling of water just jetting like a couple inches inside of me, <laughs> a couple inches inside of me. Because if you're relaxed and you have it on the turbo setting and you're just, everything is relaxed. If you're in the right position and it hits you right on the money, oh my God, it's shocking. What am I doing? Let's do some emails. Um, yeah. So once again, send your emails. Uh, no docs podcast at gmail.com. And uh, make sure to put the topic in your subject line so I know what not to just glance through an email. <clears throat> and... Um, yeah. Hey guys, it's ad time and we have a new sponsor this week, RX Bar, whole food protein bars with simple real ingredients. No need for additives, fillers, chemicals, or added sugar. RX Bar believes in the power of transparency and that's why they list all the core ingredients right on the front packaging. You've seen them before, the ones with 
big, big writing on the front of the bars that'll stay, say stuff like three egg whites, 14 peanuts, two dates, no BS. RX bar also has no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or fillers. And RX bars are gluten, soy, and dairy-free. Pretty much anyone can eat them. So why aren't you? They're great when you're on the go or at the office when you're trying to get through that midday hump and need some extra energy like I always do, like right around 3 p.m. That period of time right between lunch and dinner, it always just I just hit the wall and need some energy. So they're perfect. Or they're easy to throw in your backpack when you go on a bike ride or a hike. And RX bars come in 14 great flavors, and now there's even an RX nut butter that comes in single-serve packages that are squeezable and spreadable. You can put them on fruit, bread, whatever you want. And I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I'm not really a person who's into sweets. But I have one sweet weakness, and that is for the combination of peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, and that actually happens to be my favorite RX bar flavor, peanut butter chocolate. They're delicious. In fact, I've actually been eating them since before they were sponsors of the podcast. I uh, quite often pick one up at Starbucks when I'm uh, there in the morning getting my coffee, and they do a really good job of holding me over for a while. Uh, So for a 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash no docs and enter promo code NODOCS at checkout. That's N-O-D-O-C-S. Thanks, guys. All right. Oh, my God. I have more than I really realized. Okay. I'm scrolling through these now. And I will, I am going to try, as long as I, especially as long as I'm doing episodes by myself, I'm going to try and get to a lot of these. Maybe I'll even do some special episodes, like bonus episodes, so I can get through all these. That's a great idea, actually. Um, here's one from Sean. And I recognize Sean's name from my uh, Instagram and I think even Twitter. I've seen his replies and stuff. And um, hopefully I, I'm I'm going to say, since he attached a photo to this email, I'm probably going to put it on the Instagram. Again, uh, if you if, when you guys do write emails, if you have like photos and stuff, make sure to add feel free to, you know, at some point in the email at the end or the beginning, uh, make sure to say, feel free to post this photo. Cause I, some of the, some of the photos you, you send or, and stuff, I'm like, I don't know if I should post this or if you don't, if you want your name to be not read, make sure to t- tell me that what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is if you have any privacy, uh, suggestions or privacy wants when you send me an email like you don't want your name read make sure to let me know that so I don't accidentally say your name I try to keep it to just first names just in case but uh, this is one from Sean the topic is fun x-ray says hey Steve big fan of the podcast and of your photos on Instagram by the way folks follow me on Instagram I mean follow no docs podcast no docs jesus 
What is, now I have to go look at the actual yeah, no docs podcast. Uh follow our uh Instagram, but also I have a personal Instagram. It's mainly just my photography. Anyway, um short and sweet story, my boss's wife lost her wedding ring one day <clears throat> and it really freaked her out. He left work early and then I asked my boss what the big deal was. And then he sent this to me over text. And this is a photo that he attached. I will be putting it on the We're No Doctors, We're No Docs podcast Instagram. She was running late for work, took off, took her ring off, and put it into her pocket to put hand lotion on. And the ring was along with her big vitamins in her pocket. So the. This guy's wife took off, wanted to put on lotion, took off a ring and put it in her pocket where her vitamins were. <laughs> well, she gulped them all down like a snake eating her prey, not noticing her ring uh, was among them. Oh, Jesus. After the doc told them it would pass, ugh, the next week they were like old gold mine prospectors panning through crap. So after a week and a half of not passing, I find that shocking, she had to get it removed from her stomach endoscopy style. The ring was okay, and so was she and, and their poo-covered hands. Ugh. Love the podcast and keep kicking ass, Sean. So I'll post this. This is an amazing x-ray uh, with a just gigantic ring <laughs> floating in the middle of it. Uh, you can see everything. It's like a pretty wide x-ray. You can see uh, the spine, obviously, and her, all of her pelvis and uh, like almost up to her sternum. Jesus Christ, and this ring looks huge. Although I am surprised it didn't pass. Because it is just a ring. It should have just slid right, <laughs> slid right through. Um, x-rays are amazing just to look, just, you can take a photo of your insides right through the skin. How amazing is that? If you smoke marijuana, think about that next time you're stoned. Like, wow, we can just take pictures through our skin. There's a show. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but there's a show called the Nick. Uh, it was on Cinemax. It was in association, I believe, with Showtime. Uh, but it was, it aired on Cinemax. And um, it was directed by Steven Soderbergh, who's a really awesome director. And um, it's about a hospital in New York at the turn of the century. It's like 1901. And it's really graphic and it's really just barbaric, some of the stuff they did just in the early 1900s as quote-unquote medicine. They treated everything with cocaine. That's true. And um, it was they were just starting to get electricity. Oh, it's such a fascinating show, though. It's it's really graphic. If you, I, I'm surprised I was able to watch it because I'm usually a little squeamish, but it, I, just the fact that it was related to medicine, I found it so fascinating. Um, 
And uh, but the, oh, by the way, and this is where I was going with this. There's a scene where uh, the whole board of directors are sitting around in a meeting room, and there's a guy in there, and he's trying to sell them an X-ray machine to the hospital, saying, "Look, you can take photos of bones. You can see the person's inside." And uh, by the way, that person was my played by my friend Tom, who. Uh, whose house I went to on New Year's Eve a few or Christmas Eve a few years ago and got sick from his animal children. <laughs> uh, no, Tom's great. Tom Papa, ama- another amazing comedian. But he works with Steven Soderbergh a lot. But he played the x-ray salesman, and there's a scene where he's in there trying to sell them this, and he's got a photo of an... Uh, a photo. He's holding up an x-ray of his hand, and the look on all these doctors' faces, they're just staring at it like they've just seen a ghost. They're all just like, they're like, that's your hand. You took that photo. Those are your bones. You just took a photo of your bones through your skin. They're they're so blown away by it. It's really funny. And uh, the amazing part is one of the doctors is like, is this safe? Is it safe? <laughs> and he goes... Yeah, I have this thing at my house. My kids play with it all the time. They're taking photos of their heads. And and you're just like, oh, my God, that's horrific. They don't know about radiation sickness and cancer. <laughs> so, like, you're just imagining these kids, like, in 10, 15, 20 years, like, just sick as dogs. Ugh. But that's probably, you know, for every amazing medical treatment, there were a bunch of failed attempts or there was a learning curve. Like with x-rays, like I'm sure the first time someone took a photo of their hand, they're just like, this is amazing. Now my face. And they didn't wear lead vests and they didn't know that it was just pulverizing your body with radiation. So the Nick, it's on like iTunes and stuff. You can buy it. Um, and you should. It's so amazing. Um, it stars Clive Owen, who's a great British actor. Um, uh, my friend Michael Nathanson's in it. Um, my friend Chris Sullivan, who's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 with me. He played Taserface. He's in it. He plays an ambulance driver. That's a great thing. I should talk to him. I should talk to people from that show. Um, the uh, how things were done, like in the turn of this that century. This guy was an ambulance driver, and they got paid. They weren't on a salary. They got paid for bringing people in. So there would be an accident. Someone would get hurt, fall off a building or something, and multiple ambulance drivers. And by the way, these ambulances were horse-drawn this is still the turn of the century so these guys show up with their ambulance wagon and horse and they'll they'll be like two two or three ambulances show up and then they literally get in fist fights over who's going to take the body because they that's how they get paid so it's fascinating please watch the nick k-n-i-c-k not N-I-C-K-U animals. Uh, so thanks for that email, Sean. Um, all right. 
Let's see. Okay, this is one called ITP. Read me. It's from Chelsea. Someone named Chelsea. Hello, Steve. I love the pod. I was trying to nail down one of the weird medical things I have encountered as a mom. Ugh. I, I, I don't have kids. I can't imagine just the full spectrum. This is me talking, by the way. I can't imagine the full spectrum of just illnesses you have to deal with with children. Anyway, back to the email. Full body hives, autism, anxiety, ADHD, SPD, vertigo. But here is the scariest for you so far anyways. When my daughter was about two and a half, she had a fever that lasted about 10 days. This was after having fevers two times a month and constantly taking her in and being dismissed. Ugh. So I didn't bother this time. I live in a part of Canada that gets to that gets to negative forty five in the winter. Not sure what that is in American. Uh, I don't know, but it sounds really cold. <laughs> uh, and this was winter. The day after the fever broke, her dry, cracked lips looked a bit black. Some someone said, "Oh, probably fever blisters." Sounded real enough to me all at the time. The next day, she woke up and had a lot of bruising. A few spots here and there. Uh, a large one on her arm and butt cheek. I was baffled. I asked my friends and called a health line and asked, should I take my kid to the doctor for bruises? I was obviously in denial. Something was really wrong. We went to the doctor and for, and for blood work, she came home went to the dock and for blood work she came home at 11 p.m. my doctor called my house and said I need you to take her to the hospital immediately they know she is coming scary as fuck I couldn't go because I had a newborn and another kid at home so my husband drove there right away not good for my crazy anxiety turns out she had idiopathic thrombocytosis Topenic. Jesus Christ, that's a that's a long one. Idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, first of all, doctor, scientist, start naming shit that we can pronounce. <laughs> I I like to picture sometimes a doctor who's like what he does but like with this would come in and has never had to actually deal with it so doesn't really know how to pronounce it so your doctor comes in and he's like um miss mr and mrs jones uh, your doctor has idiopathic throat throat you're literally literally sitting there for 10 minutes while this doctor's trying to pronounce this word. I'm not late making light of this condition, by the way. Uh, so we'll just call it ITP, which you do in parentheses. That is a disorder that can lead to easy or excessive bruising and bleeding. I think there's another name for that, like a layman's term for people like me. <laughs> I think I've heard of this. <clears throat> Uh, leads to easier or excessive bruising and bleeding. Turns out my daughter's immune system was working so hard 
in that fever when it was done killing whatever virus she had it attacked her own blood platelets. A normal platelet count is generally between 150,000 and 450,000 platelets per microliter of circulating blood. My daughter had 12,000. She had to receive a blood platelet transfusion to give her body something foreign to attack and give her body a chance to recover. It worked like magic, yay science. After just a couple of days on Christmas Eve, we got to go home. Thank God. Oh, my God. Uh, if we didn't catch us any little bonk to the head, she could internally bleed to death. What? Jesus. That's terrifying. She was considered immune compromised. No contact sports, but after a year of weekly, then monthly blood tests, she was free and clear. Some people live with this uh, as a chronic condition, but in, her ch but in children, it's often acute like hers, so we were very lucky. Hope this wasn't too long. I tried to edit it down. Thanks. Um, well, thank you, Chelsea. Um, I'm glad your daughter's okay now. That is terrifying. I think I'm thinking of a different condition uh, where people bruise easily. This sounds a lot more dangerous. I'm just, um, I'm fascinated by the human body. And um, what we endure, like, like wh I'm still fascinated that we live as long as we do. I know, you know, in the 1800s and earlier, you know, people would, 30 years old was considered old, but um, uh, it just fascinates me that more stuff doesn't go wrong with humans. Our, our bodies are seems <laughs> that's another reason why I don't think I can be be a parent. I think I would be too paranoid to let my kid I'd make my kid wear a helmet just to go outside and play soccer. <laughs> Put on your helmet, Michael. Mom, I'm just going out to ride my bike. Put on your helmet. Well, I guess that is something kids should do. But like I would be, just be, I go over to Dave and Eve's house. Their kid like climbs up on this block and, you know, their one-year-old daughter. And I'm like, ah, and I am the one going insane. I'm like, Eve, Eve, look at her. What is she, Eve? Are, are, shouldn't you be worried? She's like, no, she's fine. I'm like, oh my God, she's standing on a, a, a teetering block. She's one. What are you doing? <laughs> I really am. I go to their house and I'm the one who's, you know, they'll be like cooking or doing something on the computer. And I'm like just inside dying going, oh, look at him walking up the stairs. Look at your kid walking up the stairs. That They're so steep. <sighs> yeah, I should not have kids. My friend Adam had a kid. Him and his wife had a kid. Uh a couple years ago and Adam who I've been trying to get on this podcast I think I even called him once um, extreme hypochondriac very neurotic and I've always heard for people like us 
you have kids and you tend to forget your own problems because you're focused more on your kid and some of the stuff diminishes. And I remember after, you know, a while after he had had his son saying, Hey man, so how are you doing? I, I hear things get better. Like as far as being neurotic and hypochondriac and I go, do you feel any better? He's like, no, <laughs> he's like, I'm a wreck. I'm always going to be a wreck. <laughs> um, Here's one called Poison Ivy. Uh, colon, don't get sassy at urgent care. It's from a listener named Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Steve. I wanted to share my experience with Poison Ivy and mouthing off to an urgent care nurse. My husband and I bought a house this past May. Congratulations. And since then, we have been waging an ongoing war with the weeds that were left unattended by the previous owners. We assumed most of the weeds that were completely covering and killing our azaleas were just ivy or Virginia creeper, in parentheses, not a creepy guy from Virginia, just a ridiculously common weed here in the South. But upon further inspection, I learned they were wild grapevine and they are a bitch to kill. Um, so armed with some chemicals, I dove right in and started pulling weeds all over the yard. Did I consider that I should wear something more than a short sleeve shirt and shorts? Never. Do I regret it a lot? Yes. My grapevine massacre occurred on Sunday, July 1st. Over the next few days, I started to scratch my right ankle incessantly and assumed it was just a crazy set of mosquito bites as I'm really susceptible and quite used to them at this point. By Thursday, July 5th, I was convinced this was something more sinister. By the following Friday, approximately 10 days of suffering at this point, I was fairly sure I had some kind of poison ivy, poison oak, poison sumac situation going on, despite never having seen anything like that in my backyard. I was applying so much cortisone to my right leg, which was now sporting a huge swollen rash the size of my hand on the back of my thigh, that I had to put a towel down on the couch whenever I sat down so I wouldn't get anti-itch cream everywhere. I also had a fun small rash on the left side of my elbow, my stomach, left ankle, and some new blisters forming on my right forearm. Ugh. It just sounds like hell. Rashes are just a bummer. <laughs> I did a lot of research about poison ivy and learned that many people think the rash can spread to other parts of your body from too much scratching. Since there is liquid that oozes out of the blisters. Um, this is me, Steve, talking now. I also assume that. Uh, back to the email, but that's a misconception. It may seem like the rash is spreading, but actually poison ivy and uh, parentheses and friends can do this fun thing where it causes a delayed reaction. So all the areas that were exposed to the poison ivy may not, not show symptoms all at once. And the rash isn't contagious as long as you've washed off the initial poison ivy oil you were exposed to. But the poison ivy oil can remain on anything you touched, clothing, furniture, gloves, etc. And you can get a reaction from touching those things. So it's best to wash anything that may have come in contact with the oil. After lots of research and still more itching, I caved and drove to the fancy and very empty urgent care clinic five minutes from my house to get some relief. 
The nurse took my height, weight, and blood pressure, and I told her the Cliff Notes version of my itchy saga. She then put some gloves and inspect put on some gloves and inspected one of my rashes. And after she took the gloves off, she said in passing something like, "Oh, don't want to catch this rash myself," which sort of irked me because after. Having read WebMD for the last few hours, I considered myself somewhat of a poison ivy expert. I would assumed, I would have assumed she'd know that my rash wasn't contagious since I had certainly showered several times over the last twelve days. I started to correct her. Sorry, I can't help it. I'm a control freak. With oh, uh, actually, people think it's contagious, but when she when she's like, right, but that oil is. Oil and the blisters can spread the rash, and I then spouted off my full knowledge of the rash. I rationalized it by thinking I really should help educate this urgent care nurse, since she'll need to know this for the fu- for future cases. After I saw the doctor, a much nicer lady than my nurse, who couldn't believe I waited so long to come in, I had a lovely prescription for steroids, prednisone, in hand. The grumpy nurse came back in and shoved some care instructions in my hands. I didn't notice until I left on that on the care instructions, she had vengeful, vengefully entered my weight as 20 pounds heavier than I actually am. I guess that'll teach me to keep my mouth closed at urgent care. Lauren. Uh, thanks, Lauren, from Vienna, Virginia. Um, I, th- I don't think that's something we've talked about yet. Poison ivy, poison oak. I think I'm I'm not... Some people are uh, immune to the oils on that stuff. And I think I am one of those people. I went to school for a year at this private college uh, near Napa Valley, up in the hills above Napa Valley. Really beautiful place. Um, and uh, I, I went hiking and mountain biking a lot with, with friends. And I have friends who I... One time went out like through like thick brush and stuff with and um we were all on the same trail and like a day later like two of my buddies had like really severe poison ivy or poison oak. I don't remember which is which, but they had just horrible rashes head to toe just because we were out there in short sleeves and shorts and uh they were just miserable. And I had no, I had nothing. I had no uh, reaction. And I was in the same places that they were. So that alone makes me think that I'm not um, allergic to the oils. However, if I do come across poison ivy or poison oak, I tend to stay away from it um, because uh, I'm paranoid. In my pea brain, I'm like, well, maybe I'm immune to it now, but when I hit 40, uh, everything changed. I, I just, I just always go to worst case scenario. So I'm like, well, I'll just stay away from the poison ivy, which I think is smart anyway. Um, I also had some friends that, uh, went out mountain biking at night and they got lost this was in the same area. So they didn't know where to go trail wise. So, you know, Napa Valley was just straight down the hills. And so they just grabbed their bikes, threw them over their shoulders and just started 
hiking through heavy brush and bushes and poison ivy and I think it's poison oak up there in Northern California. Whatever it was, they um, they got down to the bottom of the mountain and made it back to school. But then they the, these other guys also had like horrible, like on their face and stuff, like just really bad uh, rashes. I, by the way, can't say enough for those cortisone creams. <laughs> it's like a steroid cream, I guess. Like uh, I think Benadryl makes an anti-itch cream, but. Uh, um, who else makes one? Avino makes a good one, um, which I've used for rashes. It's amazing how you can just put a cream on an itch and it goes away. <laughs> I'm still amazed by medicines. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, Lauren, for that email. Um, let that be a... a, a Warning, guys, don't mouth off to doctors or nurses. I tend to just yes and everything they say. Hey, everybody. Ethnically Ambiguous is a podcast about the immigrant minority experience, but like in a fun way? <laughs> what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means your host, Iranian-American Anna, side note, good friend of mine, and Syrian-American Shireen walk you through being a modern Middle Easterner in today's climate. They discuss growing up with immigrant parents and also tell you stories from history that will help you make sense of all the news coming out of the Middle East. Some topics covered, discovering sexuality with immigrant families, being raised as an outsider, stereotypes about Middle Easterners that may or may not be true, Interviews with other minorities in the entertainment industry, representation in television and film, historical reporting on the Middle East, and more. New episodes come out every Monday, which, hey, make your Mondays even better. Produced by How Stuff Works, you can listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, all right, we'll do one more. This is one from a, a a woman named Margaret, and she sent one a long time ago. This is a resend. It's called Adventures with Parasites. That's the subject line of this. Uh, <laughs> she says, you started reading the below email months ago, and two sentences, <laughs> and after two sentences, complained about it being 10 pages long. It wasn't that long, but I've shortened it, so it only covers my issues with parasites now. That would be a great topic for your show, and I have a guest suggestion below. Uh, parasites are a much bigger problem than people realize in this country. Uh, I got them without traveling anywhere. Okay, so she has this forwarded email. Um, and I have scrolled through it. It is a long one, folks. <laughs> but uh, I did read it, and I, I think it does have some important info in it. Um, I'm now trying to scroll to the top of it. It is that long. I'm still scrolling. Okay. Uh, in parentheses, she starts, the original email mentioned that I have chronic Lyme. Uh, so it goes on. I have, I've also had health adventures with parasites and parasites often go hand in hand with Lyme. 
There are a lot more problems with parasitic infections in this country than people realize, including doctors. And the typical parasite testing done by local labs misses a lot of parasites. In 2008, 2009, I was sick for months with digestive upset and had copious soft stools that caused me to lose weight. I'm 5'7", and started at 145, uh, having gained weight due to menopause. By the time I killed off a a parasitic infection over a year later, I was down to 110 pounds and quite weak. Wow, Uh, that is a lot of weight loss from a parasite. Maybe young models can do well at that weight, but not me. Uh, It was too low for me. For the first time in my life, I was afraid of an illness actually killing me because I couldn't stop the weight loss. My chiropractor was treating me for months and months with herbs and other holistic treatments. Finally, she gave gave up and sent me to an MD for diagnosis. He did a specialty stool test that took a month to get the results. Meanwhile, I got so sick with diarrhea that I went to my regular conventional doctor. He gave me Cipro and Flagyl. Those drugs made me horribly sick. I swore I would never, ever take Flagyl again. I hope I'm saying that right. Is it Flagyl? I think it's Flagyl. But it did stop the diarrhea, though I kept having episodes of the copious stools and weight loss. When I finally got the stool testing results, it showed infections with blastocystis, blastocystis, a one-celled parasite similar to protozoa, but in a different family. It is hard to catch on conventional stool testing and even harder to treat. And no, I have no idea how I got it. I never traveled overseas and don't travel much at all due to financial constraints. It's possible I got it from drinking raw goat milk, which my chiropractor told me to do. By the way, after this email, I have some some thoughts on raw anything. Uh, the MD said he treated it uh, successfully in the past, but the drugs he gave me, uh, yodoxin and paromycin, didn't work for me. Thank goodness for the internet. I started researching it as soon as I got the diagnosis and found this site in Australia. Uh, it's http forward slash forward slash badbugs.org for those of you interested. <clears throat> I learned that a gastro enterology clinic in Australia had developed a three drug treatment for blastocystis. The treatment was very hard to get in the United States because most doctors don't believe blastocystis is pathogenic or they just give flagyl for it and most other parasites. However, many parasites have become resistant to flagyl, so it does nothing to help. And two of the drugs in this treatment protocol are not available in the U.S., They have to be ordered from this Australian clinic by an MD in the United States. Fortunately, the MD I was going to was open to my research, and he agreed to help me get the drugs if I didn't respond to his treatment. He had me write up a letter for him to send to the clinic along with my test results, and then I was able to call up the clinic and order the drugs. As I've mentioned, I'm very sensitive to drugs, and here I was contemplating taking a 10-day course of three strong drugs, but I reached a point where I was so desperate and nothing else had worked that I bit the bullet and started the drug treatment. Um, I got quite sick on the drugs and was unable to work, but I gritted my teeth and got through the 10-day treatment. That was early July 2009. Then I took Diflucan, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, Diflucan 
for five days to kill off the yeast that had overgrown from the drug treatment. Ugh. Which made me even sicker. For two months after that, I was very weak and felt ill, but fortunately I knew that was normal from the information given to me by the author of badbugs.org. I remember in August uh, standing in the airport waiting for my father's luggage when he came to visit and having trouble standing up that long because I was so tired and weak. By late September, I was well enough to go on a trip to Massachusetts from Colorado and eat lobster every night. I love lobster. It took two years to gain back the weight and for my digestion to get back to normal. Then I had to take Cipro due to a tooth extraction. Ugh. And my digestion went downhill again. But the three-drug therapy worked. It killed off the blastocystis. Blastocystis? I'm bad with pronouncing medical stuff, guys. And I've tested negative for it uh, ever since. That's great. It's great news. Um, last year, I got sick with parasites again. Oh, my God. I had dental surgery in mid-April to clean out an old tooth extraction site that still had a tiny piece of the tooth in it, and I got real sick after that. People with uh, chronic Lyme disease can have trouble tolerating surgeries. The stress makes the Lyme flare up. My digestion got horribly upset, both stomach and intestines. I went to the ER because I felt so bad, and the doctor said it sounded like the bugs were having a party in my abdomen because there was so much activity. I thought my digestion was just upset from the clindamycin given for the surgery, uh, though it was given by IV to minimize digestive effects. And then I thought the problem was my gallbladder because my acupuncturist was finding gallbladder issues and a medical intuitive also told me my gallbladder was the issue. At that point, I was looking for anyone who could help me. Uh, I know the feeling. Uh, okay, I actually persuaded my doctor to schedule my gallbladder scan for me. By the time I did that in mid-May, I was so weak from not eating much that I couldn't walk in from the hospital lobby to the nuclear imaging department. They had to take me in a wheelchair. My gallbladder scan was totally normal. By this point, I was on short-term disability because I couldn't work. In June, I decided I needed to look into my into why my digestion wasn't improving and did some specialty stool testing. The testing found numerous microscopic parasites. Uh, Giardia, Cryptosporidium, and Cyclospora. Again, I don't know how I got these. It's possible some of them were from raw goat milk, which I quit drinking at that point. Cyclospora comes from produce, though, and apparently it's difficult to remove with washing. I knew I wasn't going to take flagell for the gar Giardia since it had been uh, intolerable before, so I asked my doctor for Alenia, the only drug treatment for Cryptosporidium, which uh, also happens to work on Giardia. By the time I got all the stool testing results, it was July, the first weekend of July, uh, before I took the Alina, my symptoms worsened and I almost crashed my car driving because I was so distracted by the nausea and feeling of sickness. It came in waves and would be um, really severe about an hour after eating, no matter what I ate. Yet I couldn't get the disability insurance uh, company to understand why nausea made it impossible for me to work. Uh, the nausea was uh, more severe than when I had neurovirus last month. People say neurovirus is horrible, but it was a piece of cake compared to my digestive illness last year. 
I also had, a, had this horrible, thick, dark coating on my tongue, unlike anything I've seen before or since. Right after the holiday weekend, I started the Alina and took it for seven days rather than the usual three days, which can be insufficient for bad infections. It did not help dramatically like the three-drug therapy in 2009, but I started slowly improving. I repeated the Alina treatment again a couple of months later, as is often needed, and I did some herbal treatments during the summer. Unlike blastocystis, these parasites can respond to herbal treatments. By mid-August, I was able to return to work part-time, and then by the end of September, go up to full-time. I also started going to a new acupuncturist last August, which really helped my recovery. It took me until October to start feeling well again, six months after the dental surgery, and it took until January this year for me to have the stamina to work extra hours uh, if needed and deal with the stress of work of the office moving. I'm in IT, so we had to move the computer network equipment after hours. Uh, I researched Giardia and learned that like blastocystis, it can make some people really ill and be difficult to treat and it can be difficult to detect as well. I was able to get diagnosed because of the specialty stool testing I did from here. And she gives a link, uh, com. The cyclosporo was found in testing from this lab, uh, com. I found a book someone wrote about her experience with Giardia. It took a long time to get diagnosed because it gave her constipation instead of diarrhea. She was really sick from it and had to do a lot of treatment to get well. She got it from a dog she adopted, though most dogs don't carry strains that infect humans. Thank God. Uh, Her website is here, Tracy Berkowitz, that's B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z dot com slash book. She would be a great person to interview for your show, though I don't think she is in the L.A. area. Margaret. Uh, thanks for that email. I'm glad you resent it, Margaret. Um, I do agree that there's a problem with parasites. Um, while I'm remembering, uh, as far as nausea, I honestly think there's nothing worse than nausea. Uh, I always say I'd rather have kidney stones than vertigo. And part of the worst part of vertigo is nausea. Um feeling sick to your stomach is, I mean, it is a level 10 of, uh, discomfort. It's the worst. Uh, I know, um, how that goes. And, uh, I agree. I would, if I got to a point with nausea, like you did, I would try anything. I've been sick a a couple times to the point where I, did not care about my own uh, neurosis or fears. I was just like, I just need this to end. Do whatever you want. And nausea is uh, one of those things that will get me to try anything. Uh, Also, sorry, (laughs) I agree. I would tend to think the raw goat's milk may have had something to do with it. I like the podcast name, I'm no doctor. I don't know. I tend to stay away from anything raw. I I don't even like eating vegetables raw. Um, I haven't had a lot of food poisoning in my life, knock on wood. The few times I've had it mostly have been from raw foods like produce, um, salads, or uh, sprouts. Sprouts are a big one. 
because uh, people tend to wash the sprouts and um, the water, the, the dirty water stays in them. Uh, you have to dry them as well. It's a whole issue. Uh, there's a restaurant in LA I've gotten food poisoning from twice, 10 years apart, probably close to 10 years apart. And both times I had the same salad when I went in and um, got fucking food poisoning. It was a salad with sprouts on it. Uh, I have never gotten food poisoning from McDonald's, folks. <laughs> so think about that. <laughs> I mean, I know that food is goddamn horrible for you, but it's cooked. So I, again, I, uh, you know, I have no idea. I would have guessed the uh, raw goat's milk as well. Um. In 2000, I did a TV show from about 2007 to 2010 called the Sarah Silverman Program. It was on Comedy Central. And my co-star, other than Sarah, there were a few of us, but uh, the guy who played my boyfriend on the show, his name was, was, his name is Brian Posehn. I should have him do an episode he'd be a great one to talk to because he also had the uh esophageal spasms he's uh he's had them worse than i have and he had the treatment where they inflated a balloon in his throat he says he hasn't had them since which is amazing um but brian we were shooting the last season of the show we did an episode that heavily featured brian and i and for one day, we had rented out a section of a shopping mall, which that is expensive, and it's a huge production um, ordeal. So you have one day, you want to get everything you can in that one day. The day we shot our scene in this mall, Brian uh, was super sick. Turns out he had a, a parasite. I was unaware that this was a thing until then, but now I'm hyper aware of it. Um, Brian, and this was an episode, it was a Christmas episode where Brian had grown his beard out really long. I mean, like down to his navel, like really long beard. And I'm in the episode, I'm bitching about it. I don't like his long beard. I think it's stupid. And we're going up on this escalator and as we get to the top, he trips and falls, and his beard gets sucked into the gears of the escalator. I have to push the emergency stop button and stop the escalator. And then the whole episode, the whole day, our whole day of shooting in this mall, Brian has to be laying on the escalator, and they have to put his beard in and then screw the teeth of the escalator, the top, you know, where the stairs go into the into the ground. They have to screw that on so it looks real. So he is basically screwed into the ground like he can't move. Anytime he wants to move, they have to come in with screwdrivers, electric screwdrivers, undo it and lift it and he can go to the bathroom. So the whole day he had the worst diarrhea and vomiting. And um, it's like just a, a perfect storm of just the worst case scenario of like when you're sick you want to just be at home you just want to be near your toilet 
near your medicine in your bed. This dude was laying on a floor in a mall with a, a fake beard glued to his face and screwed into the ground where he couldn't move. So we'd be shooting for a couple minutes and then he'd just be like, I got to get up. I got to get up. And then would have to get up and the bathroom wasn't even close to where we were shooting. Then he'd have to run across the fucking mall to go have diarrhea or to throw up. It was horrible. I got to the point when I first found out he was sick. We didn't know at the point at that point that it was a, a parasite. We just thought he had the flu or food poisoning or, some, or something. So I was paranoid, of course, when I'm around anyone who's sick. I'm just like, ugh, is it contagious? I don't want it. So I was afraid for a little while, you know, while we were shooting. But then just, just you just see the look in his eyes of just sheer misery. And then, you know, you get to a point where you're like, I don't even care about myself anymore. This guy's in so much fucking uh, discomfort. And so it got to the point where I was just like, hey, man, can we just get this shit off? I, I was trying to speed everything up and do everything I could. And uh, and then we found out uh, later, you know, he went to the hospital from there and they did stool testing or whatever. And they found out that it was a parasite and they treated him with whatever antibiotics or whatever you do. And um, it took a while. I remember seeing him like the next week and he was like, yeah, I feel great now. And then that weekend he had to fly to, I think it was Florida, to do shows, and he was sick again. He's like, yep, got to Florida and immediately had it all over again. Like, it took a while to kill that fucking parasite. Parasites are, are fucking monsters. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Margaret, for this email. Um, I'm glad you're doing better. Sorry you had to deal with that. That is, that's rough. Um, we're in an hour and 10 minutes now guys we did it we did it together I say we because this is all you guys sending in emails I couldn't do this for an hour by myself so keep them coming uh, let me look at the email again I always forget because it's slightly different than the um, no it is the same as the Instagram nodocspodcast at gmail dot com send in uh, you know if you've sent stuff a long time if you send stuff recently don't resend it just wait a while um but if you sent stuff like a year ago um, feel free to resend it um please put something in the subject line to draw my attention to whatever you're talking about whether it's parasites kidney stones whatever um but also if you just want to say hello feel free to email. I, uh, I read them all and I appreciate every single one of your emails. Um, you people are the greatest and you, you make doing this podcast a lot easier. Um, and that's it. I hope you have a great week, weekend, whatever. Stay healthy. You guys, as we go <laughs> start to enter flu season, as your kids all start to go back to school where they're going to get all these goddamn bugs. Take care of yourselves and stay healthy and remember to take everything I say with a grain of salt because <laughs> we're no doctors. Thanks, guys. It's a good show.